Well, uh, delighted again to have you here, especially if you're visiting from out of town. Welcome to Element City Church. And uh, tonight we're kind of wrapping up a series that we've been in called The One Another's. Looking at, in the New Testament, uh, some, some things that Jesus said and some that his early followers have written down, recorded for us, about 20 plus times, you will read the words, one another, preceded by something, this verb, this action that we're to take, and it's descriptive of how we as followers of Jesus are to live out our lives now that we have trusted our lives to him and he's empowering us to live in a new and fresh way. And so maybe you're here and you're not really a follower of Jesus, you're curious about him and that's cool and I'm glad that you're here and investing in your spiritual journey and I hope that this is a place where you can ask questions. You don't have to be part of the, the convinced to, to, to kind of belong here and begin to go on a journey for yourself with that around Jesus and understanding him because we're convinced he really is who he says he is, that he really is the son of God, that he came to make everything right, that we might have a journey in life with God. And these one another's have been descriptive in a way that we're told, okay, Kimberly talked about the very first week, love one another, which seems like an easy term to understand when you begin to understand that love is so much more than just having ushy-gushy feelings for people. Love is this action-oriented investment where I'm putting your needs above mine. And we looked at this idea of encourage one another, Brandon looked at week two, this idea that we have to live invested in the community to actually know one another and how to encourage. It's more than just a Hallmark card at a certain moment. Those are good and you should do those and that's nice. But it's more than that, it's deeper than that. And last week we looked at this idea of forgive one another. And the truth that forgiven people forgive people. And that we're called to kind of live out forgiveness in a fresh way and, and it's not always something that we like, it's not always something that we wish, you know, we had the, uh, <laughs> maybe the gumption to, to kind of bypass that one with some folks, maybe you've been there. But it's this idea that we're to forgive one another. And how do you build healthy, growing relationships? Well, you, you gotta practice forgiveness because we're all broken people and we need to give that to one another. And tonight, I want us to do something a little bit different than we normally do. So tonight is this notion, this command that we see in scripture to pray for one another. Now, I don't know how you feel about prayer, uh, but I'm gonna let you know right now in about 20 minutes from now, I'm gonna ask you to do something that you may not like. In fact, if you're introverted here, you're like, oh, I'm gonna leave and go to the bathroom right now. Um, I'm gonna ask you to actually pray with someone. Now, if you absolutely don't wanna do that, okay, I'm not here to force you to do it. I'm gonna give you an opportunity, another a way that you can pray for one another. And, but I'm just letting you know right now. So I'm giving you 20 minutes to work out all the anxiety and all that kind of stuff because I believe that when the church the gathering of people who are followers of Jesus and those who are searching after Jesus actually practices this Bible verse. God does amazing things in people's lives. I don't know what you, your vantage point of prayer is. For most people, some people go, well, your prayer is like, well, it's kind of like talking to God, but it's really one-sided because I do all the talking. And then there's followed by a lot of silence. That's how most people describe prayer. Uh, prayer sometimes gets to this place where you ever feel like your prayers kind of hit the ceiling and bounce back? You're like, is this going anywhere? Is this really doing anything? And yet, Jesus, what's fascinating is that the early disciples, the early followers of Jesus came to him one day. They didn't ask, okay, teach us how to evangelize. 
Evangelism is just a big word to say how to share your story about what God's up to in the world. They didn't ask that question. They came and they said, would you teach us how to pray? And so you've heard the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus goes through kind of as a, a blueprint, if you will, of, of how to pray. It's not this idea that's meant to be mechanical and just like that, but it's meant to be this conversation. It's meant to be something that engages both sides. It's bringing my needs before God. See, all throughout the New Testament, we're told to bring our needs before God, that God's peace can actually stand guard over our hearts as we bring our prayer requests to him. And so it's not this idea that we shouldn't pray or and how do you pray and how do you go through that? And there's seasons of life that I'm sure that you've had where prayer was really easy. And there's other times maybe where prayer was really challenging, maybe difficult, maybe dry would be a word that you use to describe it. Prayer is this journey that you kind of go on and begin to understand of what does it look like to really pray. I don't know, um, most people I think slip into a prayer life that, that becomes very much like your first experience with the ATM. How many of you remember your very first experience with the ATM? You got your card, right? And you're like, wow, this is magical. I have a piece of plastic that will give me cash. And you're excited, right? You walk up to the ATM machine, and they've got Braille numbers, and you're like, why? I don't know. People don't drive through Braille. Okay. Anyway, so they've got these numbers here, and you've got your card, and you're supposed to guard your pin, right? So you're like always looking behind you, looking for ninjas. You're like, okay, anyone going to steal my number? You walk in. You put the card in. There's no communication with the machine, okay? Well, some machines talk, which is kind of weird now. But you walk up. You put your card in. You punch in your pin. Then you go, okay, okay 20 bucks. I want 20 bucks. And the mouth of the machine opens, and 20 bucks comes out, and like angels sing. And you're like, wow. It's amazing. How did it know I want $20? And when you do like $200, do you ever find yourself counting to make sure the machine counted right? Because I do that. Um, and then you take the money and you walk away from this experience, and it's what's happened is what? A transaction has taken place, right? And the reality is, I think for a lot of people, prayer becomes very transactional. Okay? I, I, I'm going to pray. God, I know I should pray. I'm supposed to pray. Man, I probably should pray more. Um, and you have that guilt feeling and that sense of, okay, I need to reach out to God. So you set aside some time, and maybe you do that on a daily basis. Maybe you do it on a weekly basis. Maybe it's been a long time, and you're like, oh, i got to pray. So, or maybe a test is happening, or something's going on. Someone's sick and ill in life, and all of a sudden, there's this urgency to pray. And it becomes very transactional in the sense of, okay, God, here's my laundry list. Maybe you've come home from college before, and uh, like my son, you just bring your laundry home, right? And then you're like, here. Um, and it's this laundry, and prayer maybe becomes like this laundry list. You've got this list of things you're praying for, and then you're done, and you're like, oh, oh now what? Oh, okay, I guess I'll go. And you kind of move along your way, and it becomes and slips into this very transactional experience. But I think what surprised the disciples and why they would come up to Jesus and ask that question, would you teach us how to pray, is because they grew up in a culture where prayer was very transactional. In fact, many religious people of the day in the first century would pray on street corners. They would pray out in the synagogue and they would pray really loud. And they would pray really long prayers. And the reason they would do that was to capture the attention of other people so that people would go, man, those, those people are really spiritual. They really know how to pray. You ever been in a small group or so and you hear someone pray and you're like, wow, they really know how to pray. 
I suck at prayer. Do you ever feel that way? When you're kind of beating yourself up uh, about this prayer thing, and, and I think in a lot of ways, it, that's when prayer has kind of gone into this filter being transactional, where it's just something you do to either impress other people or to kind of deal with the anxiety and the stress that you're feeling in your own life, and you kind of dump it and leave it, and it's just this transaction that takes place, when in reality, I think what Jesus lived and the way he lived his life was very conversational. In fact, Jesus is the one who begins his prayer with Abba. It's Father in the Lord's Prayer. But in Aramaic, it's Abba. And Abba is another term for the term Daddy. It's this very highly relational, intimate term that like with my kids when they were young and, and they would come up, up to me and they're like, Daddy, can, can you help me with this? Daddy, can you just, can you help me with this or that? Or can, you, can we just talk? I love you, Daddy. And there's something very intimate and sweet and perfect about that moment. And I think prayer is meant to be more like that. And so all throughout the New Testament, there's this challenge, this invitation for us to pray for one another. And prayer isn't about ranking our prayers. I'm saying, okay, well, okay, now I've figured out prayer, and I can actually pray for three minutes without getting distracted. Because uh, you ever find that happening too? You try to set a time, time to pray, and then you're like, what's for breakfast? You're like, I didn't go shopping yesterday, so, oh, prayer, okay. Okay, Jesus, I pray for people in Africa, and um, wow, I want to see that movie. Um, I think that movie's gonna be really good. Do you ever find internal conversations? Am I the only one? Okay, <clears throat> lots of internal conversations. And so prayer is this struggle for sometimes. But I think that's when we've made it transactional instead of just highly relational. This is about connection. This is about community and communion, you and God. I've said, God, I'm here before you because I know I need I know that you are more than capable. See, that's what happens when a little kid comes up to their daddy. Say, daddy, I can't reach the peanut butter on the third shelf. Can you help me out? And the dad is usually, sure, I'll go help you out. And that's the relational context that's going on when prayer isn't just transactional and it's become really highly uh, interactional in a way. And, and this idea that I'm to relate with God and God's relating with me, that's what prayer is really about all throughout the New Testament. It's this, uh, this notion of pointing us to have a highly relational conversation with God. I love what Max Lucado says this, the power of prayer is not in the one who prays, but in the one who hears it. It's a great reminder to be like, it's not about flowery words. In fact, Jesus is the one that taught, your prayer should be short. Like, you don't have to have long-winded prayers. See, the Pharisees, they pray so that people are impressed. You're praying so that God's informed. And by the way, he's already informed. He already knows. So you're really just praying to get on the same page with him. And it's not just showing up to God and saying, God, here's my laundry list. Here's my agenda for the day or for the week. Can you help me with all this? It's saying, oh, prayer is coming before God in humility and saying, God, I have some things but do you have some things? Do you have some things that you care about that are bigger than maybe just my own little world and my own little sphere of influence? Can I just pray and just listen? I think that's why the prayers of the scriptures are so beautiful and so elegant and so much deeper than sometimes my own prayers. 
Now, can I pray and bring my request to God? Yes, in fact, Philippians says I should do that. But it's also this idea that prayer is more than just this laundry list of things when I'm trying to get God informed. God's already informed of everything that's going on. This is about me trying to realign my life with him. This is what Peter writes. He says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ear is attentive to their prayers. Think about that for a minute. God's running an entire universe and yet his ear picks up when he hears the word daddy. When he hears the words coming off your lips, that's why prayer is interactive. And it's meant to be this calling that we have. I love what Paul says here in Ephesians chapter uh, six. This is the whole part you'll remember going through the whole armor of God. Here's how we're to protect ourselves in the world in which we live. Here's how you kind of keep your mind thinking the right way. Here's how you kind of put up shields against things that will come, come at you and try to get you sideways in your faith journey with Jesus. And then at the very end of this, he, he talks about an offensive weapon that we have. The sword of the spirit, he talks about the Bible being this offense, and not really the only offensive weapon we have to say, hey, this is how we counteract the messages of the world around us as we put it and replace it with truth. And then he goes into this prayer. Here's how you're to pray. And Paul writes these words to the early church in Ephesus. He says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, meaning you are to pray. So it's not like when you feel like it, if you get around to it, it's you pray. In fact, pray all the time. Well, what does that look like? Well, I, I don't know. It'll probably look different for you than it would for me. Does that mean I have to stop what I'm doing in the car and be like, okay, dear Father, I... No, look, just talk. Just communicate with God. This is about communication and connection. He goes on, pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. This is the Bible verse I want us to practice tonight. Be alert. Stay alert. Be alert to what's going on around you. Not just the people you're connected to, but like on a bigger scale, bigger things. God thinks so much bigger than we do. We think about our story. God's got a much, much bigger story going on. And I think he wants his children to pray about those things that are on his heart, not just the things on our hearts. And so tonight, I want us to kind of I think maybe take a, a step back in prayer. It's important for us to pray about the things that are on our hearts. We'll end tonight with that. But I wanna step back a little bit and say, God, what's a little bit on your heart that you put across the plate, so to speak, of Element City Church? And how can we pray for your activity to be loosed and, and to be active within the context of the relationship connections and things that you've given us. Uh, you remember a few weeks ago, uh, there was a team of us that went to Ecuador. And uh, Elements loves Ecuador. We have a, a hashtag for that. We love it. And because we have this connection. So let me uh, kind of catch you up if you're new to Elements of what this partnership looks like. So we're going to talk about some global stuff, some local stuff, and then some individual things. So globally, um, what we're connected to with Pantano Christian Church and Revive Church that also launched out from there is last December, we collected money, we sent money, um, about $80,000 to Compassion International. And Compassion International, if you've never studied uh, about their agency, they are a child sponsor program. 
and they're about developing with, uh, kind of developing a kid holistically, impacting their family. You're helping feed them, educate them, train them, get them health checkups and all that kind of stuff as a sponsor. You get to sponsor a child. And we're developing a project in, down in Ecuador, kind of the uh, western, northern, western area. I can tell you, we're filming, so I can't tell you now. But, um, so we're down there in this coastal region, and we have developed this project along with Pantano to sponsor, we have about 194 kids right now that are sponsored. Uh, there are about 14, 15 here from Elements that are, are sponsored in this project. It's a compassion project that basically is feeding uh, those kids two to three times a week. It's investing in some, uh, so I think, let's see, do you have some of those pictures? So when we showed up, um, we had many of these kids who were out there kind of waving flags and giving us a whole welcome. It felt like a, a politician in going through the handshaking line of you know 200 plus people, because families are there too, welcoming us. They've got a feeding ministry that they're doing two or three times a week right now without a kitchen. Let me tell you this, okay? So this project is four months old as far as getting off the ground. They've already got about almost 200 kids in this project who have been vetted and gone through a whole health check, gone through a family visit, a home visit, and are now part of this project in this city that they're in. They're getting meals every week, and then they have an education time. So they have about an hour and a half of tutoring that they get after they get uh, fed and they're back in there. The tutors are investing them, going through holistic training, all this kind of stuff uh, from the idea of developing them spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, looking at different curriculum, walking through this with them every single week. Uh, a couple times every two to three months, they get a home visit from some of the staff there to check in on the family to see what needs are there. Uh, one of our folks didn't have, uh, like, missing half a roof, and El Nino is coming, and so the church was able to respond and help put on the other half of a roof for their house, and, and you may hear more about that. And so you got all this kind of different stuff, and I wanted you tonight to hear from some of the people that went. So from John and Christine and Josh, are gonna come up and they're gonna share a little bit of their story of what this impacted. And then I want us together as a church is to take time and actually pray for this ministry, this compassion project in this brand new church that's getting started. So Josh, John, Christine, come on up here. Come on over here, John. John, you're going to share about uh, kind of the church service that we went to, and uh, I think we got a picture of it here. So this is the church service we were at. I'll let you hold that. Just hold that up real tight, and then you can tell them about kind of this whole experience. This is church service that's been going on for two months now, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Good. Yes. Sorry. Um, I had to write things down. I don't don't remember things so well anymore. So. Uh, so I just, my, my name's John Dolan, and uh, let's see, before, before I went to Ecuador, I had uh, many doubts whether I should be on this trip. I was focused on myself and my limitations, such as how can I communicate when I can't speak Spanish, thinking that I really didn't have that much to give. <clears throat> so Sunday we traveled to the project where even though we were late, people had been waiting for us. We received a warm welcome, complete with balloons and fireworks, which is the first time I've ever been welcomed with fireworks. There were, there were so many kids and parents around, I felt like a politician running for office. Sorry, I stole you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, people were friendly and happy to see us. After we met the families, we went to a worship service, which is what's behind me. It held in a rectangular center block building with a tin roof. I didn't, ex- didn't expect that I'd be able to get much from the worship service that was Spanish, but when the congregation began singing the first song, I realized that it was a song I was familiar with, and so I sang along in English, and my spirit witnessed with their spirit that God is holy. <clears throat> and then you can see this next part, the girls in this. The girls on the side there, it's, uh, uh, after we sang, eight or, eight or so young girls came out in long blue dresses, patent leather shoes, their hair tightly braided, holding sticks with long ribbons attached to the ends. The ribbons glide through the air as the young girls whirled around the room. They do their giving a little differently there. Nobody goes on the website, puts their banking information. Preacher told, preacher told them to give whatever God wanted them to give. And they walked right up front and dropped, off their, dropped their offerings into a basket. I remember one old woman who put a single coin in, and it made me think of the widow giving her last mite. Even though the singing and sermon was in Spanish, all in all, I have to say that I worshipped that day in a way that didn't require a common language. It only required a common love for our Savior and the desire to give, any, give anything he asks of me. Hi, my name is Christine, for those of you who don't know me. I just want to say thank you guys for supporting our team to go to Ecuador. Thank you for your prayers. There were many times that we felt them being answered. Um, There were some tough days where I was pretty sick, and God gave me the strength to get through those days. But what a privilege it was to go to Ecuador. Um, What a blessing to meet all the people and the staff and the kids there. My sponsor girl is actually in Africa, so I was able to hang out with Genesis, who is sponsored by the E-Kids here in Elements. So um, Rosario is her mom, and I got to spend the day with them, getting to know them. Um, Just what a blessing to see a a sister in Christ in another country who's a real person. These sponsored kids are more than a picture and numbers. If you guys ever get the chance to go on a trip to Ecuador, I would encourage all of you to go, just to meet your sponsored kid and to get to know them so you can better know how to pray for them and encourage them. Genesis is a beautiful little girl. She's kind of shy, but she's so sweet. She loves to dance. She dances in her church. And um, now I can come back and share with the kids um, who their little girl is and encourage them to write letters to their little girl. If you guys sponsor kids, I would really encourage you to do the same thing. Get to know them, know how to pray for them, and um, you are make a huge impact in their life. Just the week we were there, I mean, we got to meet all kinds of people and encourage them and cry with them and share with them and just experience God's love together. It was a really cool experience, and if you guys get to go, I'll support you. I'm Josh. Um, yeah, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, my experience there and why I went. Um, originally, I actually wasn't sure why I was going on this trip. Um, I had no idea. I'm a college student, don't have a lot of money, didn't have a sponsored kid. But um, when Jack presented about it, I um, you know, really felt God saying, you got to go. I'm like, why? I don't know. But I, I went, I listened, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. So, um, 
pretty much we're going and everyone's super excited to meet their sponsored kid and I don't have a sponsored kid so I'm just like you know we got a fun day that's going to be spent with this everyone's got their own sponsored kid that they're going to spend this fun day with and I'm like oh just you know bounce around with these guys um and you know the first day there we went on these home visits and the the um the home that our group got to visit um Jack kind of briefly touched on the roof had collapsed on that I mean the home was made up of bamboo like no windows just like but you could you know the bamboo wasn't doing anything for you the roof was at the time I had no idea what it was but it collapsed on them and the church had built them they, they were super proud of this new new metal roof it was basically just sheet metal you know um, and we the next day got to meet with this family and really talk with them and hear their story and um, it, it was just heartbreaking to me um, there was it's just, it was, it's, I don't know, we got a picture of me? There we go, boom. So this is me um, looking like a giant next to this small family, or big family of small people. Um, <laughs> and so I'm listening to these stories. The parents are right here. They're both like 27. I'm 22. I have no kids. I'm not married. But they have four. Um, and I found out they have two other ones, or the mom had two other ones from an, another man too. So, um, so you can see these are their four kids. And we were hearing just... The story about um, kind of their home, how obviously we saw their living situation, it wasn't very good. Um, and then like we we heard that there's physical ailments, there's, um, there's like alcoholism, there's um, abuse, there's malnutrition, and it was just, it just really, really, really um, affected me and broke my heart. Um, but I heard that they had been praying that their daughter would get a sponsor. And it was, it was like immediately God was like, I told you to go. <laughs> this is why you went. So I was like, okay, you know. So it was like we, we met with this family and we prayed with them. And then afterwards I grabbed a translator and I was like, I know a little bit of Spanish, but like I don't want anything to get lost in translation. Come here. Like I'm going to tell this girl, like I want to be your sponsor. I want to tell her family. So like that was Stephanie up there um, next to me. If you can throw that up maybe for a second more. Right there um, on her dad's lap. Um, and so it was just a tremendous blessing to be able to spend time with their family and Stephanie and get to know her. And she's a four-year-old girl who um, just has endless, endless amounts of energy, um, rivaled even mine. Um, it was it was just incredible, such a blessing. So I, you know, I'm so thankful to all you guys who supported us and our team. Um, thankful for the people that are here that took the step forward to go. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Awesome. Hang on to that. We're going to pray in a second. <clears throat> um, you know, we've got this partnership uh, for years to come. And this was an investment that we said, hey, this is not just to show up one and done. This is about a church that we want to help build in Ecuador. This is about a pastor, uh, Carlos and Elizabeth, who are expecting their first child in March. Uh, this is about investment in them and their leadership for years to come. This is about taking this child sponsorship of this particular project from a couple hundred kids to potentially three or four hundred kids. There's enough kids there that we could do that that could impact this city in Ecuador for years and years to come. And so we're committed to doing that. And uh, we've got another team, another trip that's planned for either uh, September or November of 2016. So I'm standing up here saying this to you right now because you may feel that little tug that Josh heard and it was still a small voice that you need to go. Uh, and so you need to go. Uh, you need to go and, and, and make an impact. I've also got 
two other kids that are ready to be sponsored. It's 38 bucks a month. It's one meal out for my family. That's what we decided. Hey, we're going to give up a meal going out so that Anahi uh, can have a life and a better life and have education and have health care and have an investment in her future and an impact into her family, just like the families uh, and the kids that are being impacted through, uh, through your sponsorship through your different elements. So if you're interested in that, we have one boy, one girl, uh, Moses and Kelly. So if that name rings for you, then it's you, okay? So you come see me afterwards. And I've asked Josh just to kind of take a moment uh, for us as a whole church uh, to pray for Pastor Carlos and for uh, Emmanuel, who's the director of the project there, um, and for us as a church here at Element City Church to say, hey, we care about a church in Ecuador and that we want to see God do great things over the next decade there, and we're grateful to be partnered with that. So would you pray for us on our behalf? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much um, for the people of this church, the people that are up here on stage with me, and the people of Pantano um, that have partnered with the church um, in Ecuador um, that are in compassion, that are really just um, sharing your love for the people and the children there. God, um, I thank you so much for what you're doing there in the project. I thank you for the staff members that are there. Um, I pray that you would continue to just encourage them in everything that they're doing because, I mean, we all know that it's not easy to work with 200 kids. Um, and so I just, I pray that you would continue to give them strength and um, that they would, that they would just, their, their project would impact the community that they're in and that um, they would be able to finish their construction that they're working on, God, that they would be able to um, continue to speak into the lives of the children that are there um, teach them about the good news and um, that they would just really get to experience you and experience your love and your joy and know that you care for them, God. Um, I pray for the partnership that we have between our church um, and the church down there that really just shows that you you are so big, God. You span across continents. You span across the entire world. It's not just our city here. It's not just our church. It's everywhere that you are. Um, and so I, I just pray that you would continue this bond and that, f that we would continue to be able to grow with their church and that our people here would be able to grow with their staff members there and the people that they're working with down there, and especially for Carlos and his wife and uh, for Pastor Emmanuel, that they would be able to, to just continue doing your work there, God. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Give this team a big hand. They gave a lot of energy and a lot of effort. Thank you, gang. So feel free to find them afterwards and ask them about their experience. They've got lots of other stories uh, to share with you, some funny and uh, some serious, and some uh, that I think will really uh, impact your heart in a way. And I really want to encourage you next, um, next fall to be thinking about now if, if you want to go back uh, with us to, to Ecuador to make an impact there. Um, couple other things I want us to pray for tonight as we practice this Bible verse, okay? Pray in all occasions and all times and, and let this be a reminder that you pray for one another and to pray for the Lord's people is we have a, a couple here that I think I have a picture of, uh, the Goodwillies, Tyler. I don't have that one. Oh, I forgot that one. My bad. Um, so the Goodwillies, I got to have lunch with them last week. They are in Africa right now and they are gonna be in three different cities there for the next month and a half and uh, Tyler and Megan, you know them, they're a part of Element City Church, and we t I told them at lunch that we were going to actually stop and pray for them in this service, as they are not just serving for the next month and a half with YWAM, 
but they are contemplating where God might have them serve, either long-term uh, overseas or to come back here in some capacity and work in, and they don't know yet. And so I just I said, hey, we're gonna take some time and pray for you. So I'm just gonna invite us right now uh, to pray together for uh, Tyler and Megan and uh, ask for God to not just use them and their team while they're there and traveling around uh, South Africa, but also that God would begin whispering to them their future plans of how he wants to use them to make a difference in the world. And so would you just join me and I'll pray that for us. And uh, Tyler and Megan are their names. And so Father, we lift up the good willies to you. We are so grateful for them, so proud of them. And uh, grateful they're part of Elements uh, family, and we ask that even now you would be uh, reaching out to them and uh, infusing them with the energy and the wisdom that they need as they lead in different capacities, as they're leading worship, as they're doing uh, street ministry, as they're working with churches, as they're working with different projects around with uh, Youth with a Mission. And we ask that um, you would give them great clarity to hear from you. I know they're enjoying this as an adventure of a lifetime. And I pray, Father, that you would continue to guide their steps, not just in this next month and a half, but as, we, as the year turns into 2016, that you would continue to whisper to them uh, your calling that you have upon their life. And maybe the next phase or the next season of what that might look like would begin to take some, uh, some flesh and bone to that and begin to ha- become a little more real and that you'd give them great clarity to hear from you. And we just pray as a whole church, we ask for your blessing upon them. Uh, they've got some unique skill sets and a, a unique calling on their lives as a couple. So we pray your best for them and uh, we ask for your presence to go with them every single place that they go. Would you use them to uh, share your gospel and to share your hope uh, with every step they take? We pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Now, next is some local partnerships here that I want us to take time to pray for. We've got a great relationship here with Catalina High School and with uh, John B. Wright Elementary. Uh, in fact, we just had lunch with Christian, the principal over there, talking about you know, how we did a Serve Sunday here at Catalina in July. We picked the, you know, the coolest time of the year uh, to work here. Y'all remember that, right? Whew, that was hot. Um, so February, the very first Sunday of February is, anyone know? Super Bowl. And so we are not going to do service that Sunday night because we know you want to watch the game, most of the commercials. Um, But we're going to do another Serve Sunday that morning at John B. Wright. And uh, so I'm going to invite you to kind of put that on the calendar, get that on the horizon and say, hey, here's how we're going to serve. They've got six different portables that we need to paint. They've got some yard work and things and moving rock and stuff that we need to do again. We've got some opportunities for uh, those of you who are artists. They've got a mural that needs touched up and painted with it. That's not me. And so some of you who are artists, that's great. We need you for that. We've got different opportunities sitting with Christian. And I just said, how is this partnership impacting your school? What do you like? Do you like the backpack drive? And he's like, whoa, we love the backpack drive. Don't stop the backpack drive. (laughs) So... You all are making a difference for this school. They've got over 450 kids, I think. Uh, now Mary might be in here and correct me, but they've, it's just enrollment keeps going up, and we've got a great partnership there. We've done hygiene kits. We've done uh, the backpack drive the last couple of years, and it sounds like we're going to do it a third year um, because it impacts them. And here's what he said is, this is a blessing to my families. You have no idea the conversations that happen with kids as they walk in with their own backpack and their own school supplies. 
We've got different partnerships with uh, Teen Challenge, and we've got partnerships with Gospel Rescue Mission, the food banks around here. Some of you in small groups have done food drives on your own. We've done a food drive to help uh, stock pantries here. We've done a lot of different things locally. And I just want to invite you individually, right where you're at, uh, to pick one of these. And we're gonna take the next minute and just pray for God's activity to be loosed in them. And then you'll see a question mark that's up here because we don't know what 2016 is going to hold. We don't know what other partnerships might come our way. Uh, Gap Ministries is a great ministry here in town. We've done a few things with, uh, and things may expand there. Uh, So I'm just going to invite you to take about 60 seconds right where you're at and just to voice a prayer on behalf of one of these. You pick the one you want to pray for and just pray for God's activity to be loosed in a new and fresh way and for the partnerships there to continue to increase and for God to continue to give us influence We talk a lot about bringing the hope of Jesus to the heart of the city, and we mean it. We're not a church that just gathers. We're a church that scatters and does stuff too. We wanna be the church, not just gather to have church. And so let's take 60 seconds and just pray for that right now, okay? And I'll close this in a minute. Father, we, uh, we really believe that you've put upon our hearts uh, to bring the hope of Jesus to the heart of the city. And uh, the best we know how, we want to be free to do that. We want to be held back by anything, traditions, or things like such that, that hold us in a box. We just want to be freed up to serve you and to serve people and to help them experience your love and grace. No strings attached just to love like you do. So I thank you for the influence and the opportunity you've given us here at Catalina and John B. We pray your blessing over the teachers, the administration, Father, custodial staff, maintenance staff, everybody. We just ask for your favor to be upon these two schools. Would you continue to have sway in bringing life change here? Ultimately, we pray that you would bring people to a place of, of seeing who Jesus really is. God, you're a God who loves people. So we pray that you continue to put your blessing over Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Gap Ministries, the food banks here, Gospel Rescue Mission, Teen Challenge, God, um, the things that you're doing in and through those ministries, those organizations, and those that are to come. We ask that you'd guide us in a 2016, 2017, 2018 that we might be a church that really does practice being the church. Would you guide us in that? Give us wisdom for that. Help us know what doesn't need our attention, what other groups can do, what we need to focus on. 
And so would you guide us in that? We ask for your provision for that, and we pray your blessing over these groups. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, finally tonight, kind of bring it full circle, um, I want us to actually practice this Bible verse one to another. And so here's what that's going to look like. If you've ever struggled with prayer, uh, in the version notes, I actually put some of the prayers from the epistles, which are the letters to the churches in the New Testament that you can read that mostly a lot of Paul wrote, and he had some great prayers. So if you've ever struggled with, how do I pray? Well, just start there. Go through the Psalms. Psalms have great prayers to pray for yourself and for others. And I just invite you to make prayer more and more a habit of how you live your life, not transactionally, but interaction. This idea of communion and connection with God, you figure out how that works best for you and make it a part of the flow of how you live. You might have to edge your way into that. And here's what I'm gonna invite you to do in the next minute, is just to turn to someone next to you. And uh, if you wanna move around, you're welcome to do that. Um, I'm gonna let us have a two minutes here where you're gonna actually pray for one another. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, man, you are really stretching me out of my comfort zone. Yes. Yes. Because the Bible says so, okay? There you go. It's not on me. <laughs> Pray for one another, it says. Now, do you have to have a long-winded prayer? Nope. Can your prayer be, hey, just hear from the other person and say, what's the one or two things that you'd like me to pray for you? They'll share it and go, okay, God, you heard that. Um, would you be active in their life? If that's all you got, that's perfect. But pray, okay? So I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to share maybe one thing that you'd like prayer for, and, and I mean it. I want you to turn to someone around you. You got 30 seconds, I'm gonna lightly talk here. You're now sharing, you're talking, you're turning. You're looking with people, and you're like, hey, what, how can I pray for you? What's one or two things that you'd like prayer for? And you're gonna share that with each other right now. While I'm talking, you're talking. Find out each other's one thing that they need prayer for. And now I want you to practice a Bible verse. I want you to just pray for one another. So take a minute and do that.
Father, I thank you that your ear is attentive to the prayers of your people. We're not just a bunch of mushy words coming up that you hear each one. You know each heart, you know each story. And I I pray that you'd help us to continue to grow as a church, to be a praying church, to be a people that pray for one another, that not just read this verse and, and look over it and look past it, but actually practice this. And so I pray that as we challenge each other this week to find one person, whether it's at work or at school or in a, a network of, of where we're going through uh, for just grabbing a bite to eat or whatever, God, that you would bring one person across our path that we would actually stop and pray for that person this week. We'd pray with them, that we would pray one for another, and that we'd live this verse out. And God, as we move into a time of communion and wrap up here with a couple worship songs, uh, I pray and ask that you continue to keep us in an attitude of prayer. We're grateful for your son Jesus and his life and his death, his resurrection that makes this connection and having life with you real. That we can come and, and pray and leave our request at your feet to know that the power isn't in the one who is praying, but the one who hears the prayer. It's in you. You care about each need, each heart, each life. As we take communion and worship you, we ask that you continue to stir our hearts in an attitude of prayer and allow us to pray for one another and to practice that as a habit and a flow of how we now live one to another. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.